The National League wildcard series between the St. Louis Cardinals and the Philadelphia Phillies begins on Friday. Today's show is a special crossover episode with the Locked On Phillies host, Connor Thomas. We're going to talk about the pitching, the hitting, home field advantage, managers. We've got it all covered for you today on Locked On Cardinals. You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's bring in J.D. Afron, our host of Locked On Cardinals. J.D., how are you doing today, man? I'm excellent, Connor. Good to be joined by you and uh, glad to be here. And I'm glad we're in the playoffs, dude. I know we got to battle against each other. I know it's right. a thing, but at the same time, it's nice to see you guys make it to the postseason. Congratulations. Thank you. First time in 11 years. We don't have baseball heaven like you guys do out there in <laughs> St. Louis. So it's been a while, but uh, and uh, it's kind of poetic justice. Well, we hope it's going to be on our end because you guys are the ones who knocked us out of our last postseason appearance yeah. 11 years ago. And we all remember you, how that you, one went. You remember that, do you? Okay. All right. Yeah, Sorry just, just a little bit. Just a little. <laughs> hey, it's not as much your guys' fault. I don't hold it so much against you guys because the way that the organization collapsed after had nothing to do with that loss, but still the, uh, the Ryan Howard Achilles tear and the one nothing mm-hmm. loss in a Roy holiday gem. Yeah. That still hurts a little bit, but Hey, yeah. who knows how this year's going to go happy to get in. It was touch and go for us for a little bit there. You guys have been pretty set because uh, not that you're not a great baseball team because you absolutely deserve to be in, but also division, not great this year. Uh, so that's, uh, so you guys had it locked up for a while. So the first thing I want to ask, we got in a couple different ways. The Phillies pretty much playing down to the end. They only clinched in their first game in the final series. You guys have had the division locked up for a little bit now. Are you worried at all about rust with the Cardinals, or do you think that's a benefit to them of knowing they've been in and being able to turn their eyes to the postseason for a while now? I think it's a little bit of both. There's part of me that wants to stay sharp by playing against real competition and, uh, you know, having something to fight for in the last week and a half, two weeks of the season. And then there's another side of me that was happy to see guys like Paul Goldschmidt, uh, Nolan Arenado, Tommy Edmond get some much needed rest. I mean, they've been playing every single day all year without any days off. So it was nice to get them uh, a little extra rest, but I do worry. I worry that sometimes the, the, the team might get complacent. And, uh, you know, when you got to play the Pirates the last six games and there's, you know, it's well, not a real competition. You got a lot of your B squad guys who are playing and everybody's just kind of going through the motions. And I, I worry about that, that maybe you come out flat in game one when something like that happens. I hope that it doesn't, but it, there's always like a small part of my mind that's a, a little concerned about that. Yeah, it's a little bit of different competition level when the Phillies are finishing up their season facing Verlander and Framber Valdez down there in Houston, and you guys have Pittsburgh for six. But, I mean, still, <laughs> you're a 90-plus win team. Uh, meanwhile, the Phillies struggled to make it to 87 and just clear their win total, which I had a couple dollars on. So that was nice for me. They got to where they needed to be. But Well done, uh, well done. Yeah, a couple differences there in the lead-in, and also a couple differences in the starting pitching rotations for this because the Phillies have pretty much known all year long it's going to be Wheeler, it's going to be Nola, and then the third was a little bit in question with Ranger Suarez. I can talk a little bit more about that in a second. Uh, for your followers on Locked On Cardinals, of course, go ahead and check out all of JD's work. You can follow him on Twitter at JD Sports Radio and figure out all of his stuff with Locked On Cardinals. He's going to have a lot of great coverage for you guys. If you're a Phillies fan and want to get behind enemy lines, this is the guy you want to check out <laughs> to do it. But 
we're set. And meanwhile, I look over at the Cardinals projected playoff rotation and there's question marks all over the place. Now, I know you don't know for sure who's starting because it hasn't been announced and we're going to hear that uh, relatively soon here. But if you had to guess, who would you throw for the Cardinals if it was up to you? And what's going on with the question marks surrounding the game one starter and really the rotation for the series? Well, if I had to take a guess, I, I, it's going to be one or the other. It's going to be either the left-hander, Jose Quintana, who they got for the Pirates at the trade deadline, who's been remarkable since they got him. Like, his ERA is uh, around one <laughs> since he's been with the Cardinals. Like, it's been it's pretty good. It's been, it's been wild considering where they got him from and, you know, his age and stuff. I mean, nobody expected him to be this good when he got over here. And then uh, Miles Michaelis, uh, the, the all-star this year, the right-hander, who uh, he had some ups and downs. Uh, August was a, a little bit tougher for him. He had uh, he got things kind of straightened out in September. But when I look at the statistics for the Phillies, and I noticed that they hit a little bit worse against lefties. I mean, you guys got a good hitting mm -hmm. ball club over there. It's not like, you know, one dominates the other. But they they the numbers are a little bit more down against the the right-handers than it is lefty. So I, I would think maybe Miles Michaelis gets your start in game one. That, that would be my first guess. Uh, Quintana is a close second just because how good he's been for the last month and a half. So um, it, it just kind of depends on how he wants to, when I say him, I, I mean Ali, how he wants to set up whether he wants Montgomery to be like a game three possible starter because it's going to be one of those two in game one and game two. Uh, I'm pretty certain on that. Whether he wants to go Montgomery in Game Three, who's another left-hander, and kind of break it up, and that way you would start lefty, then go righty in Game Two, or does he want to go righty, lefty, and just hey, let's just see what Wainwright's got in Game Three because he's he's been dealing with some dead arm stuff and right the the question marks. I don't know why they've waited this long to announce what they're doing. I, I have no answers on that. I I thought it would be something that he might announce right after the final game against the Pirates on Wednesday. And they said, well, we'll make an announcement on Thursday. And now we're still kind of waiting around at the time of this recording. We don't have any mm. definitive answers just yet. But if I were to put money on it, if I were to go to bed online and I could put money on something like that, it, it would be Miles Michaelis would be my, my pick. And we will talk about Bet Online coming up here just a little bit. They do bring us this episode, our friends over there at Bet Online. Uh, we'll give them their full love in a little. Uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting because there's benefits to either guys. You could throw a Michaelis from one side. You could throw Katana from the other. You've got Wainwright, who's kind of the veteran, who it's like if you're going to go with a guy that you really trust the pedigree, you can, but you talked about the arm issues uh, yeah. later on in the season. And that comes with age as well. There, But we'll see how they end up going with it. Now I want to bounce something off you before I get into what to see from the Philly starters, because this is a theory that's popped up here in Philadelphia. I just want to bounce this off you as a baseball mind, not really something that deals with this series specifically, but there's been a conversation about start Zach Wheeler. And then if the Phillies were to win game one, save Aaron Nola for game three so that he could start game one in the NLDS if they are to make it there. Is there any uh, interest in doing that? Like, does that sound like something the Cardinals would do? Or do you think when they set this, they're going to say, hey, this is our game one, this is our game two, this is our game three. Let's worry about the NLDS if and when we get there. I think it's the latter. Uh, one thing I can tell you is that we don't have an ace or two like mm -hmm. the Phillies do where uh, Zach Wheeler and Aaron Noel, both of them would be the number one starter in this Cardinals rotation, no doubt. And uh, we, we don't have that. Uh, we've got four capable arms and we're not sure who that would be in the fifth uh, as a, a part of the rotation. So 
you're not really you're not you're not saving anybody. Everybody's game to start whenever they can. That's really how it is for these guys. Uh, there's no like I said, there's no ace on this staff to to save in case you got to the next round. Personally, I I want to win the first two games and get out. <laughs> like yeah. I wouldn't want to screw around and think about what's going to happen in the next round until I get to the next round. Because when you start planning ahead a little too far, sometimes you forget about what's going on in front of you. And uh, you don't want that to happen. So if I was the Phillies, I, I would definitely put the two righties because here's the first thing. The Cardinals hit left-handers very, very well. Right. And they're, they struggle a little bit against the right-handers. Why wouldn't you let your two dominant guys do their best and take one and two if they can? And then you get a couple days off and then you can worry about what goes on in the next uh, series when it happens. Yeah, and I totally agree with you. That's how I would go as well. I was just curious to see what your thought process was on that. And speaking of the two righties, Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola have been outstanding. Uh, I know we're going to talk coming up about your biggest concerns about the Phillies and who you're looking at that you'd be most worried about. These two would probably be near the top of my list if I was you, and we'll see. Yeah. We'll give you a chance to speak for yourself and for Cardinals Nation. But uh, they've been outstanding, especially late. Wheeler actually kind of had the benefit of – he was on the injured list for a little bit, which is not a benefit, but they kind of took a lot of time bringing him back. He could have bounced back a lot sooner if he needed to throw, and they had the added benefit of giving him some rest because Milwaukee was so far away. Now, it got a little bit tighter than we would have wanted it to because they choked against the Cubs, them being the Phillies, but yeah. Wheeler got a little additional rest, and he's looked really good since coming back, and Aaron Nola has been outstanding lately just took a perfect game into the deep past the sixth inning so six and two-thirds he went against the houston astros so they're coming and rolling right now if there's a strength of this team it's those two guys and i agree with what you said man lock it up in two games because i don't want to go to a decisive third game especially with all of them being on the road that's not something i'd bet on but if i was going to bet on it i'd go <laughs> over to our friends at bet online because betonline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season find all the latest player developments team matchups news podcasts and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find jd who's your football team you have an nfl team uh, Green Bay Packers fan, actually. I'm oh, assuming okay. you're, you're you're an Eagles fan. I, I was prepared I for this because, uh, you know, being in Philly, I, I figured it was the Eagles and you guys have had a, a really strong start to the season and, and we get to play each other, the Packers and the Eagles later on at the end of November, which uh, should be a fun matchup. Absolutely. And there's two really interesting teams there. Aaron Rodgers, is he going to bounce back into form? Even though the Packers are hanging around, he could be better or better compared to how he is, of course, back-to-back -back MVPs. And the Eagles have been really good. So there's money to be made on both sides there with our rooting interests. As always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB. Got the playoffs, of course. That's what we're talking about. MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to betonline.net. Use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Now, J.D., you said we've got a couple of aces that you guys don't have on the Cardinals roster right now. And then you guys have a couple of big bats that put together outstanding seasons that we haven't seen. And then over the past couple of weeks, there's been a bit of a drop-off with Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. 
Are you worried about that heading into the playoffs? Or these two guys, they've been around for a while. They're veteran guys. They've proven they can do this year in and year out. Do you think they're going to round into form for this wild card series? Or are you concerned about their kind of downturn of production as of late? Well, you never like to see any of your your big guys struggle going into the final weeks of the season. Um, it, it was a little disheartening because we were kind of rooting on our side for Paul Goldschmidt to make a real run at the Triple Crown because at the end of August, mm-hmm. it looked like it was a possibility that he could do it. And then it's not that he was really bad in September. It's just he wasn't as good as he was the rest of the season. His numbers uh, weren't anything to be like, oh, he's he's a terrible hitter all of a sudden. They just weren't at the level that he had been all season long. And perhaps part of that is just the wear and tear of the season. You know, you get down to those uh, last couple of weeks and it's exhausting when you're when you're playing every single day. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, Goldie, Arenado, they weren't getting a lot of days off. And uh, even when they weren't playing in the field, they were still DHing. So uh, mental days, things like that, I, you know, it's a, the game wears down on you after a while. And um, I, I have faith in them that they're going to be fine uh, when they get into the postseason here. It's not like I'm overly concerned about it. Um, what I am concerned about as far as hitting-wise on the, on the team is what the other surrounding pieces are going to do around them. Because if you decide that, you know, you've got you've got gold, you got Arnado, and then you've got Pujols, who uh, fountain of youth has happened to him this year, and all yep. of a sudden he's this amazing number five hitter against not only lefties but right-handers too. He's hitting everybody. He's hitting everything in his path right now. But outside of that, uh, we've got some injuries where Tyler O'Neill's been hurt in left field, and uh, it doesn't look like he's going to make the roster here for the wild card series. Um, our center fielder, Dylan Carlson, came off a thumb injury, but he's had a down year. You've got a rookie in right field in Lars Newtbar, who is really good at getting on base, but hitting-wise, it's been a, it's been a struggle for him in September. A lot of this offense had a rough time in September, and this is against teams who really weren't that good. We had a very easy schedule in September. Uh, it's almost like they peaked in August when they got to play against teams like the Braves and the Yankees, and they rolled into September, and then things really kind of cooled off. So I'm more concerned about those uh, extra pieces than I am whether or not Goldie or Arenado are going to show up in the series. And it's funny. It's very similar what you're describing there to what happened to the Phillies down the stretch because you have guys like Bryce Harper came back off of his thumb injury. Gene Segura mm-hmm. came back. Now, it wasn't quite down the stretch, but he came back later in the season with an injury that he had dealt with with a broken finger as well. And those guys didn't really jump back to the form that they were in at the start of the year when Segura was very good and Harper was his incredible self. So they've been down, and the Phillies have struggled offensively through the last month. It's part of the reason why they hadn't locked up a wild card spot until – one of the final three games, and really it was their pitching that got them there. So I think the lineups are going to be very interesting to see. Uh, It it could really be who's hot this weekend because both of these teams have had a little bit of issues with continued production late. Uh, The Phillies, I mean, Bryce Harper's a guy that if I'm an opposing fan, I would never want to face, but he's hit two, maybe three home runs since coming back from his injury. So that means his entire second half of baseball post-All-Star break has been three home runs worth of production. Not great from him. And JT Romuto, while he's put together one of the best seasons offensively by a catcher ever, only the second catcher to ever go 20 home runs, 20 steals in a season, uh, catching up with Yvonne Rodriguez on that one. He's mm-hmm. still, like, he is a catcher. Those numbers are good for a catcher, but it's not quite the offensive production that carries a ball club the way that we see, like, 
Now, Aaron Judge is not a great example because he's superhuman, <laughs> but a right. guy of that caliber. So offense is definitely going to be a question this series. Could be a couple low-scoring games. Uh, I need to know because the way that I perceive the Cardinals lineup, and I want you to tell me if this is a right or wrong way to perceive it, I see it as like Arenado's great, Goldschmidt's great, but there's a pretty large drop-off between the top guys and the rest of the lineup. Like you're, you rest your laurels on your uh, two stalwart guys. Whereas mm-hmm. the Phillies are, they've got guys that could get hot at any time, but the whole lineup is just streaky. So even the bigger names, uh, their benefit is someone's going to be hot at any given time. Is it really just Goldschmidt and Arenado have to show up, or are there guys in the lower part of the lineup that Phillies fans should be concerned with? Well, one of the names that I'll bring up to you is Tommy Edmond, who was uh, the mm-hmm. gold glover at second base, has moved over to shortstop this year because of the offensive deficiencies that the team had at the shortstop position. I mean, we traded Sosa to the Phillies to get Thank Romero, you for that, by the way. who, yeah, he wasn't hitting for St. Louis. Not like he did for Philadelphia before he, uh, he's been dealing with some injuries. Uh, if I remember that Sosa's yeah. been hurt a little bit, but he, he's been a lot better. Always had a great glove and we loved him for that, but he just, for some reason, things were not clicking offensively for him. So he was deemed expendable. They move Edmund over. We had one of our top prospects, Nolan Gorman come up, started out, doing well and then he fell off a cliff and he couldn't even put the ball in play anymore and um you're right when it comes down to what really triggers this offense it is the goldie arenado show Pujols has been incredible here in the second half and i don't see any reason why he would all of a sudden stop hitting i, mm. I don't know why that would happen but if there is a person that is a key to this lineup outside of those three names it would be Tommy Edmond. And one of the things that they do is they kind of move him around the lineup. He's he's batted leadoff a few times. He's hit that number two hole. And then they've been sliding him down to number nine, number eight, just to give something. Because you know how it is after the first inning, nobody's hitting leadoff anymore. Now it moves right. around all the time. So they kind of go by that rule where there's no real leadoff hitter. They just want guys who have good on-base percentages down at the bottom of the order to get on in front of those guys. So – um what they've been doing, and I don't know if Edmund will hit leadoff. I don't know if he's going to bat ninth, but they kind of swap him and Lars Nupar, who's the outfielder, who's a below-average hitter, but he gets on base a lot. He walks a lot. And mm-hmm. then they've got another rookie, Brennan Donovan, who's been batting second. He's a left-handed hitter, and he's kind of been that Swiss Army knife where he's been able to play all over the place. But lineup-wise, he's, he's found a home in that number two spot. Another guy who will take pitches, who will work the counts, and uh, – try to get on bases any way he can in front of the big guys, Goldie, Arenado, and then Pujols. But outside of that, Carlson in center field's kind of been a black hole of a hitter where he can't seem to hit right-handers, which is a problem considering Wheeler and Nola are coming yeah. at you here in just a little bit. He's been great as a right-hander because he's a switch hitter, so he's been great against left-handers, but he can't seem to, to do it against the right-handers. So uh, Tyler O'Neill. He's been hurt all year. He's the gold glover in left field who uh, got some MVP votes last year, but he's dealing with a hamstring issue. Doesn't look like he's going to be able to go in this series. So we've got the uh, corpse of Corey Dickerson, who's been playing left field. I miss Corey Dickerson. We had him for a little bit, (laughs) 2019 or 2020. Those years all run together. Yeah, and uh, he had a moment, like there was a stretch for like three weeks where he was out of this world. That's what he does. he, he, He went on this streak, and you're like, Holy cow, look at him go. And then September came and he he vanished and became the Corey Dickerson we saw for the first couple of months of the season. So he's another guy. Um, they, 
is kind of thrust into the starting position out in left field. Um, I mentioned Donovan at shortstop. Uh, <laughs> you've got uh, uh, Molina, who uh, who's still around, but he's not much of a hitter anymore. So there's nothing really to to sweat there. I mean, we've been giving him this moniker. We were calling him September Yachty because he was coming through a little bit more clutch, but he really hasn't been very good. Uh, so it's been down to those guys, but if, if there's a guy to keep an eye on, it'd be Tommy Edmond. And if there's a guy that's going to come out of nowhere and kind of maybe step up and be a bit of an X factor, uh, I, I've been saying Dylan Carlson, the center fielder, because of the switch hitting capabilities. Gotcha. Now I want to turn this so we kind of analyze each other's team a little bit. And our biggest concern going into this matchup, and we're going to go back and look in the mirror after this and do our biggest concerns for our own teams. Uh, but I'll start just looking at the Cardinals. My biggest concern are those big three guys. And I haven't mentioned Albert Pujols a bunch because I wanted to leave a little time at the end to discuss him specifically. There's something sure. else that I have a question about with Pujols that we'll get into in a little bit so don't go anywhere. But it's Arenado, it's Goldschmidt, it's those guys can take over a series. For me as a Phillies fan, that's my biggest concern. You can't run into a game where Nolan Arenado goes three for four with two homers, but there's times where he's so good it seems like there's nothing you can do. And Paul Goldschmidt can do the same. They both play exceptional defense. This is a series really where it may only be two, three guys that make the Cardinals offense run, but those guys are good enough to take you wherever you need to go. So uh, those are my biggest concerns is just the ability that they can take over a game. And really, they only need to do that once. Solid bullpen, good enough starting pitching. And before you know it, the Phillies are out of the playoffs again. And it's a short return to the playoffs. So is that a, a fair concern there? Um, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, obviously you want to fear two guys that, uh, are, you got one of them who's likely the NL MVP this year in uh, Goldschmidt and then Arnado, who's going to get some votes probably too. Uh, that makes perfect sense to, uh, actually key in on those guys. And uh, again, with, uh, your starting pitchers of Wheeler and Nola coming from the right side, um, that's going to be a fun matchup to watch those guys battle right. each other uh, because uh, they, they hit lefties a lot better than they do righties. And then you got two studs like the Phillies have. So it's going to be, it's going to be cool. Like it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, baseball fans are really going to enjoy these battles between those two starters. And then those three hitters, if you're including Pujols into that. Yeah, I can't wait. It will be a really fun series compared to the other wildcard series. So even if you're just finding this by accident and trying to figure out what to do with your weekend, great yeah. series going on. Yeah, yeah. think about it because you're going to have Bryce Harper, your, your NL MVP from last year, your yep. likely MVP this year and Paul Goldschmidt going up against each other. And you've got two offenses that have got some pretty big names. You've got Mr. 700, Albert Pujols is going to be in mm -hmm. it. And then if, if you want me to go ahead and take over here and tell you who, yeah. I'm, a, who I'm scared go of. Ahead. Obviously, obviously, your pitchers with Nolan Wheeler are a problem. Wheeler has dominated the Cardinals this year, and it hasn't mm -hmm. even been close. I don't yeah. think he, they've scored upon him in 14 innings, if that's the stat. Back-to-back -back shutout reading. starts against yeah. him, against yeah. the Cardinals. So, yeah. Like that's good or something? Yeah. yeah. Not bad. Uh, we'll take it. <laughs> As far as the offense goes, though, there are some familiar names that Cardinals fans are going to notice in the lineup for the Phillies. Uh, mentioned Bryce Harper. You always, I know he struggled a little bit this year. He's dealt with injuries, which has brought him down a bit. But he's still Bryce freaking Harper. You know, you're not mm. going to take a, take him for granted. Uh, Reese Hoskins has hurt the Cardinals this year. 
but two names that have done damage against them in the past. We still remember Kyle Schwarber with the Cubbies hitting mm-hmm. bombs over scoreboards at Wrigley Field against the Cardinals. Your so NL home run leader. So far <laughs> well, I guess not so far. Season's over. So NL home run leader. Buddy, yeah, but we remember him killing the Cardinals when he was with the Cubbies, and uh, mm-hmm. he's the same slugger with the Phillies. So obviously, you got to fear that power. And then, of course, uh, we've got our old friend Nick Castellanos, who did a lot of damage when he's with the Cincinnati Reds against the Cardinals. So mm-hmm. there's some people there that Cardinals fans are going to be like, oh, no, not these guys again. We got to see these guys again. And then you add them into the mix of Reese Hoskins and Bryce Harper, JT Romuto. I'm shocked that the Phillies only won 87 games this year. I have no idea how you managed to only win that money because mm-hmm. on paper – with your two starters, and I, I assume the bullpen might be a little bit of an issue that, that, that caused some of the problems, but on paper, you guys were incredible. Like, yeah, game actually, <laughs> you know what? The bullpen was really, really good. There was a stretch well, of about come- two months there from uh, June to July, which is where the Phillies really were on fire, uh, where the bullpen was one of the best in baseball. Uh, the issue was Joe Girardi was not really the guy for this team. And you took about a month and a half's worth of the season muddling at the start where they were nah. seven games under 500 when Rob Thompson took over in early June. So that was just uh, it, it was kind of a dead in the water team who stopped listening to the manager. And that was more the issue was trying to make up that ground. So a better start well, to the season, they probably would have been fine. A question. What what has been the difference since Thompson took over? Like, what is he doing managerial wise that is better than what Girardi said? You, you mentioned that, that he might have mm-hmm. lost the clubhouse. What are yeah. some things that, that he does that has improved this team uh, from a manager point of view? Well, he's a much more uh, communicative guy. Uh, the There are points Nick Castellanos actually came out and said after Joe Girardi got fired, he had a total of two conversations with Girardi since he'd been with the team. And that had been multiple months of the regular season. So just the communication, you know how long a baseball season is and how important the clubhouse dynamic is. Didn't sound like that was great. And the management of the bullpen, which is funny to say about a guy who had a major league career as a catcher in Joe Girardi, but he didn't have a good handle of establishing roles in the bullpen. It'd be a different guy in the seventh and eighth inning every night. The Phillies had trouble finding a closer, which was partially because they didn't bring in guys that were capable of that role. And that's not Girardi's fault, but uh, Rob Thompson came in, he established roles. He established a lineup that was a lot more consistent than what Joe Girardi did. And the consistency, it just pays off when guys know where they're batting, where they're playing, what inning they're pitching every single night. So that's the biggest difference. And it, it really is. It's what you said. This team was great on paper. Just yeah. set it in stone. Let them go out and play every day. And eventually, well, they're going to hit the numbers on their back of the baseball card and they're going to be a good team. So that was the biggest difference. Okay. Yeah. See, we've, we got lucky this year with uh, our rookie manager, Ali Marmel mm-hmm. is he was already the bench coach here too. Kind of like, you know, how Thompson was already a part of the team and he knew these guys and has been friends right. with these guys and he's their age, <laughs> you know, he's, mm-hmm. uh, he's in his late thirties. So, uh, he's been able to really be, be a, a good guy, almost just almost like one of the boys. In, right. in the clubhouse and it, it's worked out nicely. Uh, he's also been that guy that said, Hey, you're going to have to earn your spot. Like if you're not hitting, you're not playing anymore. And he hasn't mm-hmm. been afraid of pulling the plug on certain guys who 
looked like they had starting positions like Dylan Carlson in center when he wasn't hitting against right-handers. He wasn't playing against them anymore. It was over, even though he was one of those names that was mentioned as one of the reasons why the Cardinals wouldn't go get Juan Soto at the trade deadline was the fact that Dylan Carlson was kind of an untouchable. They didn't want to move him. They're benching him against right-handed pitchers. Like it's like mm-hmm. he was like, no, he's not getting the job done. So um, we're we're gonna pull him. Uh, Nolan Gorman, top prospect, hitting a lot of home runs, but then he started to struggle. Didn't see playing time anymore. Sent him back to Memphis. He, he hasn't been afraid to sit people down when they aren't performing what they should have been capable of doing. And uh, I think people respected Ollie for that. And I think it's uh, it's worked out kind of nice. You guys have a lineup where it's like a set it and forget it type of thing where he is constantly moving things. You might see three different lineups over the next three games if it goes to three games. It's a it's a possibility, man. He He's not afraid to switch people out. Yeah, and you've seen success both ways in Major League Baseball. It depends on what works for you for the team. Mm-hmm. There's a Joe Madden approach. There's a Buck Showalter approach. So uh, who yeah. knows exactly how uh, it's going to work out. But uh, two different managerial styles from two guys that came into the job <laughs> strikingly similar ways. And mm-hmm. while Thompson a little bit older, uh, it's interesting to see how how that's worked out. Now, I think we've voiced our concerns pretty well for our own teams, for each other's teams. We've covered that pretty well. We're going to end with our predictions for the series. But the one other thing I want to jump into, I know you're a sports radio guy. I do the same. And we know how narratives not only can carry a fan base's perspective, but it can affect the team a little bit. And these are two teams with really interesting emotional narratives. The Phillies back in for the first time in 11 years. The Cardinals kind of at the end of an era with Yadier Molina, Adam Wainwright, Albert Pujols, that emotional removal from the uh, final game they played in the regular season. You have Pujols' run to 700. And they're such a almost nostalgic but still here type of uh, story that's developed surrounding this Cardinals team. Do you believe, oh, and we've got the 700 t-shirt there that you're pulling out. That's awesome. (laughs) See, like something like that creates a a narrative with a fan base that can create more emotion in a clubhouse and that can lead to a team going on a magical run. Do you think that magic is real for the Cardinals this year? And does this feel like a team destined to do something special because of all of the special things going on around them? Uh, we like to call it the uh, Cardinal Black Magic or Devil Magic, is, okay. as it's also been called uh, by I not don't only love our, that for the Phillies, uh, oh, not, not <laughs> only by our own fans, but other teams have been calling mm-hmm. it because they're like every year you guys come up and all of a sudden you're in the playoffs again and mm-hmm. then people are sick of that. And I get it. Uh, but yeah, the uh, the emotional thing is for real because if you noticed. This team didn't really take off. They just kind of were floating around second place in the wild card behind the Brewers until the second half of the season and until Albert Pujols became the machine again. When he struggled in the first half and he's hitting 215, he's got six home runs. He looks like a broken down old man. He goes into the home run derby. Everybody shows him this, um, just this, this love. Kyle Schwarber lost to him on purpose. I'll die on that hill. I I agree with you. I think he did too. Like, oh no, I didn't make it. Oh, big deal. Watching it, I was saying the same thing. I'm like, look at Schwarber being all cool. Let me old guy. guy. Let me old guy through the door first. Yeah, that's really (laughs) nice of him. Uh, But the 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 moment where he was in the in the derby, and the players all surrounded him and started clapping for him and patting him on the back and showing their appreciation for all the years that he's been in the league. I think he took that to heart and all of a sudden realized, you know what? I got to kind of show up because I don't want to go out like this fat guy that was with the Angels and the Dodgers last year. I need to be me again. I need to focus. I need to get it right. 
and he's taken off here in the second half. It's been nuts. And uh, like the only guy hitting more home runs than him in the second half was Aaron Judge. And we've discussed how amazing that guy's been. He's been a robot this year. He's so good. Uh, Albert, there, second, 18 home runs in the second half of the season, hitting in the 320s. And this team absolutely fed off of it. The fan base fed off of it. Um, Yachty was hardly around. Yachty was dealing with knee injuries and just hasn't been the same guy. Uh, Wainwright dealing with the dead arm, but they're still there. And it's still the fact that, you know, like you mentioned, them coming off the field together uh, on their last home game, that was something special. And it was it was an amazing ride to watch them get to be back together at least one final year for for Yachty and Albert. We're not sure what Wayno is going to do just yet. Uh, we're kind of hoping that because until September, he looked like he was ready to go for another couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I definitely think that emotion is a, a super important part of this game. And having Albert doing what he's doing and the way the uh, team just gravitated towards it, I have no doubts it, it made a difference in what happened during the regular season. And what's going to happen going on into the postseason here? I think they they go as far as those those, those feels, if you will, for Albert <laughs> will take them because he's been the guy, even when, when Goldie and Arnato haven't been hitting here in September, it's been Albert who's been clubbing home runs and driving people in and being that clutch hitter. And if he continues to do that and you get the normal stuff out of Goldie and Arnato, Philly, you're in trouble. I'm they certainly, they <laughs> certainly are if that happens. And I'm going to put your feet to the fire real quick. We'll get an actual prediction right. as we wrap up because we're a little bit over time. How do you see this series going? Well, um, first off, uh, I hope Zach Wheeler catches food poisoning and then cannot pitch. And no, then he's not, like, he's not answering the door for any pizza deliveries. No Michael Jordan here. No, he's going to be good. Um, I would see this. I definitely think this uh, goes three games, uh, and mm-hmm. I will give the upper hand. Here's my reason I give the upper hand to the Cardinals, and it's not me just being a homer. It's the fact that what they do in St. Louis, they're a totally different team at home. On the mm-hmm. on the road, I don't even know if they finish 500 this year. At home, one of the best teams in baseball, home record-wise. I, I think they were top three, I believe. Might have been number two. So um, I think the, they ride the fact that they got home field advantage. They got the the home fans. They're going to have forty six thousand plus there at Bush Stadium rooting them on. You got the you got the Albert stuff going on too, and uh, I just think that carries them past a Phillies team that just has underperformed this season. Uh, I think Wheeler probably wins one of those games, and uh, I think they're able to take the other two. Yeah, you know what? I agree with you saying it goes three. I don't think Wheeler and Nola are both going to lose, especially because of the struggle against the Brighties that right. the Cardinals lineup has. Uh, I do think that this is the best possible matchup for the Phillies. And I know you yep. said you're not going to be homer. I don't think you are being a homer with your pick, but I'll be one with mine because, you know, what you gotta <laughs> do. I'll take the Phillies two to one in this one. Uh, I think it's going to be a razor's edge that separates these teams, yeah. though. And I do think the difference is going to end up being that home field advantage. I'm kind of arguing against myself a little bit. <laughs> but you know what? For the sake of backing my guys, if it's going to go three games, I'll take the Phillies in an elimination game and see if Ranger Suarez can pull it off. But, hey, that shows you just how exciting of a series it's going to be. It's going to be mm-hmm. must-watch television. We're going to be doing short little 10-minute back-and-forth post games after each of the three games if we're assuming it's three games or two if it happens to go shorter unfortunately for one of us but you'll be hearing a lot of jd and myself together we'll be doing our nows and our immediate reactions and you'll have podcasts from us on our respective channels so jd where can uh where can everybody find your work for locked on cardinals 
All right, Locked On Cardinals, uh, as far as social media is, we're at LO underscore Cardinals. Uh, obviously, we're on YouTube as well. And then, uh, uh, of course, you can find us on uh, all the places that you hear our podcast from the Locked On Network, whether it's uh, iTunes, Google Podcast, uh, Apple. We're all over the place. So you guys can find us wherever wherever any of these podcasts are located. And then uh, my personal uh, Twitter account at JD Sports Radio. Anytime you guys want to converse and uh, go back and forth on there, more than happy to talk to the Phillies fans as well, man. We're <laughs> we're looking forward to this series. I think it's going to be a really really good one. It will be an easy man to find. I love that. And I'm the same way. You can find me at Connor Thomas nine seven five. All our work on Locked On Phillies at LO underscore Phillies and wherever you find your podcasts, YouTube, all that good stuff. You hear me say it all the time. We want to thank you one more time for making Locked On Phillies and Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We're both free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Make your second listen Locked On MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan. If you like these crossovers, well, he's covering baseball in general, all of Major League Baseball getting you ready for the playoffs and all the big series. So you, you can listen to Sully's work on YouTube and everything. Yes. And hands up. You'll take me in the front row. Uh, by the way, <laughs> did you hear who Sully picked to win the World Series? No. Uh, who did he pick? After the trade deadline? St. Louis oh, Cardinals. See, okay, never mind. St. I'll Louis take, Cardinals. I'll take back that plug. Don't listen to Sully. Just listen to Locked On Phillies and Locked On Cardinals. Sully's crazy. Don't listen to him. No, he's great because of how crazy is it. he is and great content and everything. J.D., this is great content. We'll make some more of it in the coming days. But thank you uh, for taking your time to join us today. And uh, good luck to the Cardinals. As much that you have a fun series, but not so much that you win. <laughs> We're looking forward to it, Connor. Thanks for having me. No problem. This is fun. We'll talk to you next time. You guys have a good one.